Fields Talk, 1041. Hey, everybody, good Tuesday morning. A little bit of frost for some of you as you get out and about. A bit warmer today, though, a high of 67, a full look at that first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49. Meteorologist Tom Schmidt coming up. We'll talk today with Congressman Burleson. Today is the vote. Jim Jordan saying whether he has the votes or not. Uh, This vote is going to move forward. It's going to take place. There's been somewhat of a a little, I guess you could call it a roller coaster ride of uh, working in favor of Jim Jordan to not so much some of the holdouts that had declared Republicans over the weekend. There's no way in hell I'm going to vote for that guy uh, have said, okay, I'm going to vote for that guy. Apparently, Um, Americans in a number of these districts with Republican members of Congress, they have just hit the phone lines and have been overwhelmingly calling Republican members of Congress, telling them, you have got to support Jim Jordan. Uh, There have been numerous reports based off of uh, information, insiders, members of Congress, some speaking anonymously, others not, that are presenting this. Everyone is is falling into place. Everyone's falling in line here, uh, narrative. Uh, then you get, well, maybe not so much. And there still are a number of holdouts, some of which are uh, a little iffy. Uh, they aren't saying that they are going to vote for him, but they aren't saying that they you know, will, they won't. A number of big donors have made it known, conservative donors, that any Republican that does not support Jim Jordan will have funding cut off. So there really is quite an attempt here. We'll talk with Congressman Burleson, get his thoughts on it, and and also, of course, get you updated on the latest. It does appear as if momentum is on the side of Jordan. And those who are the holdouts that are Republicans at this point, The reasons that they're giving largely is just that they're mad. Uh, It isn't so much, at least for some of them, uh, that they don't like Jim Jordan, but they're they're just mad because they they're not getting their way. Essentially, they they feel it's unfair that all of this is even happening, and that Steve Scalise, the guy that they supported, uh, while Republicans behind closed doors all voted, this is the one that we should put up for the speakership. The Republicans that did not support him didn't get in line. When it came to you know, the, the, the actual vote that was to take place, so Scalise dropped out. And now they're saying, oh, but you expect us to support your guy. And so a lot of it's just they're, they're mad uh, about the way that the process has played out. And they're fully acknowledging that. Uh, so we'll uh, get the latest on that, of course. Also, the new developments regarding what has occurred in Israel there is an interview that has taken place that is pretty insightful, though it should not be surprising. And that is from um, a senior Hamas leader who did an interview with Russia's RT. And it was a long-form conversation, a lot of ground that was covered, but they, or or he noted that 
part of what they are looking for with American hostages that they are holding is the release of terrorists that are imprisoned here in the United States. And they specifically cited the fact that this administration, hey, they've bartered for hostages before. This, again, under the file of why you do not negotiate with terrorists. And while the senior Hamas official did not in that interview note that they wanted money out of the administration, they noted that they wanted some of theirs, which has been part of many of the negotiations uh, that the Biden administration has participated in when it comes to hostages, American hostages. Uh, the, The prisoner release aspect of it largely gets overshadowed by the financial aspect of it. And much of that, of course, is because that money is going to fund Hamas and you know, the whole mess that 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 we uh, as a world find ourselves in at this given point. But Hamas noticed. The bad guys noticed. This is what terrorists noticed when you negotiate with other terrorists. And so here you have a senior official with Hamas doing a long-form sit-down interview with Russian RT as a, a news network and, and, say, and specifically saying, Biden's done it before. Why not do it with us? The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line is 447-KSGF. We are streaming live Facebook. That's 1041 Nick Reed. Facebook Live, while in studio, is sponsored by Springfield Wraps, who also designed the KSGF studio. Latest news update. From Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. The Springfield Branson National Airport is asking for input on its master plan. It's updated every few years to make sure that the airport can continue to receive money from the federal government to make improvements. Under the revised plan the airport has come up with so far, officials say with the current rate of passenger growth, a parking garage may be necessary. Reed Middle School in Springfield is being demolished to make way for the new Reed Academy of Fine and Performing Arts. It will cost around $60 million and is being paid for through bonds approved by voters in April. The adjacent property and nearby lots owned by the school district will give it about six acres for the new, larger school building. Demolition is expected to take about two months. For Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. The first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Patchy frost this morning, wind chills around 34. Eventually, it will be a sunny day, 67, 46 overnight. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 73. So we'll get just uh, a bit warmer than we are planning on today. Grassroots energizing the GOP unity behind Jim Jordan's speakership bid. Breitbart reporting that grassroots conservatives nationwide rallying behind Jim Jordan as he seeks to lock down the speakership in a Tuesday afternoon floor vote. Activists are, quote, melting phone lines with respectful pleas to GOP members of Congress to unify and end the conference's division by finally electing Jordan as Speaker of the House. Top conservative activists rallying the base nationwide, calls pouring into the Capitol switchboard, specific offices, helping fuel a wave of breaks Jordan's way in the final days before the vote on Tuesday. One top House GOP aide told Breitbart News, quote, I haven't seen anything like this in years. They are literally melting the phone lines. I suspect they're not literally melting the phone lines. 
The GOP insider went on to say some offices numbers are permanently busy, thousands and thousands of people calling their members of Congress demanding Jordan for speaker. Jordan's grassroots strength is no surprise, founding chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and has long been on the forefront of issues motivating the Republican base nationally, but the overwhelming level of an organized nature of his support from conservative leaders nationwide has certainly caught some Beltway insiders by surprise throughout the day on Monday, yesterday. Seemingly one by one, previous critics of Jordan's speakership bid have fallen in line amid a barrage of phone calls from grassroots activists urging unity behind Jordan as the GOP conference nominee for speaker. And as Jordan has worked the inside game, too, with personal phone calls to many of them, the first one to back Jordan after previous opposition was Representative Mike Rogers, Republican of Alabama, whom we spoke about tomorrow of uh, yesterday, rather. The chairman of the powerful House Armed Services Committee, Rogers office, was over the weekend and early on Monday flooded with phone calls pressuring him to back Jordan. And meanwhile, Rogers and Jordan had multiple conversations between themselves. And then Rogers backed down, endorsing Jordan for speaker. This after he said there's no way he would support him. So he went from what from there's absolutely no way nothing's going to happen to make me support this guy to endorsing him for speaker. Conservatives have been thanking Rogers all day since. Grassroots conservatives have basically repeated the same strategy all day with other holdouts and a great success as some who were against Jordan but after Constituent phone calls relented, buckled under. Among them, Representative Ken Calvert, Republican of California, Ann Wagner, Republican Missouri, Rob Whitman. She represents the uh, outer that district. It's the second, and it is the uh, outer western. It's just west of of St. Louis, Chesterfield. Goes almost to Herman, um, and then and down a ways. So that that's the area that uh, that Ann Wagner represents. And according to Breitbart, she was one that was not supportive of Jordan until constituents melted her phone lines down. Uh, there are a number of others: Rob Whitman, Virginia, Vern Buchanan of Florida, and more have now rallied to Jordan's side. The level of grassroots interest across the board in this matter is essentially unparalleled. Even members of Congress are joining the action. Matt Gates has been calling into space, uh, uh, Spaces events on Twitter, encouraging positive grassroots calls to members asking them to help unify the GOP behind Jordan as speaker. I, you know, Matt Gates. in all of this, if Jordan gets elected speaker, it, he, he, in the initial fallout of this was really blasted even by some that did not like McCarthy with this whole there's no plan in place this is going to be chaotic there could be something even worse around the corner and now he is and he's always said that uh well he said he thought Scalise would be great he said he thought Jim Jordan would be great uh, as speaker of the house and if it does turn out that way I, Matt Gates is going to come out looking 
potentially brilliant in this whole thing. We're going to talk a bit more on this because there are follow-up arguments. Uh, Washington Examiner or uh, follow-up articles that are indicating, well, now wait a minute here. This may not be the inevitable scenario that conservatives think it is. Washington Examiner has a piece, Jim Jordan's momentum stalled after closed-door GOP meeting a day before the floor vote. This was a meeting that took place last night, the latest there, plus conservative donors, big, big time donors are saying you're going to lose. All, if you're a Republican and you don't get behind Jordan on this thing, you're going to lose a lot of funding. There's a uh, reason to think of garage experts. We've got the customized storage, but then, of course, the high quality epoxy flooring. Along with the process that is unparalleled to prep your flooring and the experience of those that do this every single day for garage experts. And that is with winter. And you know that as we get the ice and the slush and the salt and and just how that can make your standard garage floor uh, in your home. And it makes it all messy. It makes it uh, unpleasant. And often you you think or I always did the garage doors or the floor is always so smooth. It's actually very porous. It's one of the reasons you end up with so many different stains. And having that epoxy flooring uh, put down by garage experts not only is aesthetically pleasing, but just the overall health of your garage floor. So winter time is a time I know. I definitely, and those of you who have had uh, garage experts do your flooring, have recognized and really appreciated the work that they did and and the value that it adds, particularly in winter time with all that yuck. That falls off your vehicle uh, when you park it in the garage. So garage experts are fantastic. You'll be glad, happy, ecstatic when you reach out to them. You can find garage experts under Nick's endorsements, ksgf.com. Okay, so uh, we will talk. uh, We will, two hours from now, be speaking with Congressman Burleson, barring anything popping up that makes that not possible. And of course, one of the things we will talk about is today's vote. Um, McCarthy, of course, out. Scalise, Jordan were in the mix. There was a vo- vote behind closed doors. And essentially, this is the way that that it was in, in an ideal world supposed to work. Behind closed doors, the Republican members were going to vote. Which of these guys is which of these two uh, is going to go up for speaker? And they vote Scalise, they vote Jordan, and then Scalise wins that vote. So what was supposed to happen is then, all right, we go, we make this official, and we vote on Speaker. And and all of the Republicans, including those that said, no, we want Jordan, are supposed to then support Scalise because they did not win the vote behind closed doors. That's not what happened. Well, that's not what was going to happen. And so Scalise, he saw this. He recognized this, you know, this isn't going to work in my favor. And and he decided, well, I'm just out of this thing. That leaves Jim Jordan. There were a number of holdouts of, of members, many of which are not considered to be conservative. Uh, Ann Wagner of Missouri was one of them. And over the weekend, there was a tremendous ra- grassroots effort of constituents calling Uh, those Republican members, and many of them have said, you know what, okay, we're going to support them after all. But there still are a handful of Republicans that are saying, 
We're not sold on this guy. Many of them are expressing their the reason for their lack of support at this time is simply because they're mad. And, and I, I'm not saying that they this is wrong necessarily, but this is the position that they are taking. And what some of them are saying is, why should the, here's how it was supposed to work. We got behind closed doors and we all voted on which of these two guys the Republicans were going to support as speaker. Scalise won. There were some people that said we're not going to support him, so he dropped out. So why should we now support their, they expect us to support their guy, the guy that didn't get the votes behind closed doors? Why should we do that when they weren't willing to do it for the guy who did get the most votes? The, the, this is a shoe on the other foot sort of scenario because it was just two weeks ago that Matt Gates and, and uh, Mace and a handful of other Republicans were being demonized by those that don't like such messiness because they were throwing everything into great disarray. And here you had just a handful of Republicans that were preventing things from moving forward in a, an orderly fashion. Well, now those that really can't stand the Matt Gates and those others, they're the ones that potentially are going to hold up this moving forward. Arguably, there's more at stake now because when Gates and crew did it, we didn't have 2,000 U.S. troops put on notice. Hey, guess what? You're going to be going to Israel because there's that whole war in the Middle East thing. And there is clearly a need more than prior to the attack on Israel for uh, leadership in the House and just the ability to be able to pass legislation to function as a House. And the, yeah, here you have the shoe on the other foot sort of scenario. At the same time, it you, you can't, I mean, Gates and crew uh, cannot necessarily take some sort of moral high ground, and not that they are, but saying, hey, you guys are problematic. It's not right for just a handful of Republicans to hold this thing up when they themselves uh, were responsible as a handful of Republicans for you know doing just that. So it, it's, it's classic shoe on the other foot. There was a closed-door meeting that took place last night. Washington Examiner reporting that House Republicans plan to go to the floor today to vote for a speaker. After the closed-door conference meeting ended last night, it became evident that Speaker-designate Jim Jordan still doesn't have the votes necessary to become speaker. After an intensive pressure campaign and whip operation by Jordan and his allies, the Ohio Republican was able to whittle down his opposition on Monday to a more manageable number than where he stood on Friday when 55 Republicans vowed to vote against him. Jordan told reporters on Monday following that closed-door meeting, quote, we need to get a speaker tomorrow. 
The American people deserve to have their Congress, their House of Representatives working. I feel good walking in, or I felt good walking into the conference. I feel even better now. But while Jordan said he felt better, one GOP member who supports Jordan and his momentum said rather that his momentum paused a little Monday night. After the conference meeting, Jordan holdouts became more known and vocal in their opposition. Coming out of the closed-door meeting, at least six Republicans said they were still planning not to support Jordan on the floor. They would include Don Bacon of uh, Nebraska, Mike Lawler of New York, Mike Kelly, Pennsylvania, Carlos Gimenez of Florida, Mario Diaz-Ballard of Florida, and Victoria Sparts of Indiana. You can't help but wonder if this isn't an opportunity for DeSantis to earn some points with Jim Jordan by getting on the phone if he has any influence over two of these members of Congress being from his state. Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks from Iowa said she was undecided on how she was going to vote on Tuesday. Much of the anger centers on how Jordan's allies tanked Scalise's chance at being speaker after he was nominated and elected in conference to be their nominee. Kelly said, we had an election last week. This was the behind the closed door vote. Noting that the first election we had, Steve Scalise was our speaker designate. I just don't understand, if it doesn't go your way on the first vote, how these people could go into that conference, talk about what a great team they have when they turn their back on the exact rules that we have. It doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense. I mean, you you may think it's right or not right, but it makes sense because they want Jordan. Some members said that they feel that electing Jordan as speaker would be, quote, rewarding bad behavior. Come on, this is Congress. Bacon said, we need a speaker. We got a word world on fire, but I didn't put us there. A small group that took out Kevin, then blocked Steve, has put us in the spot. So my main concern is, as an American, we believe in the rule of law. And we had a small group of folks who broke our rules and got rid of Kevin, and then a small group broke our rules and blocked Steve. Now they want us to follow the rules and support Jim, and I don't like that. I don't play a game where the other guy can break the rules and win. And so here is where there's, I suppose, some could argue a moral contradiction, where on one hand, you have a member like this, who is a holdout against Jordan as a Republican, saying we desperately need a speaker, the world is on fire, but I really, really don't like those guys. And I don't like that they're winning this thing. I mean, that's what it all boils down to. It, 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 the argument boils down at this point to it's not fair. And Daily Caller reporting conservative donors pledging to withhold funding from GOP members who vote against Jim Jordan for speaker. Um, Let's see. Wright Olson, who served as the Independent Women's Forum Board of Trustees, a big donor to the GOP, told the Daily Caller last night, our nation needs a fighter who will stand up for the interests of American citizens, whether Democrat, Republican, or Independent. Jim Jordan is proven commodity we can trust. There are, according to Daily Caller, last night... 11 GOP members who have not committed to voting for Jordan 
Uh, you've got Nebraska, Florida, Virginia, New York, Oklahoma, Idaho, Indiana, Arkansas, and Colorado. And again, we'll talk with Congressman Burleson at 8.15, get the latest there. Oh, by the way, oh, this is a gem. California Democrat Representative Brad Sherman suggested filling the vacant Speaker of the House seat with former President George W. Bush. Sherman told the Forbes Newsroom podcast he could come back. Obviously, I'm not a real fan of how the Iraq war went, but I would think that any reasonable Republican would be somebody that Democrats could work with. Now, this is a guy that Republicans or that Democrats claimed was a war criminal. This was a guy that Democrats claimed lied about weapons of mass destruction for oil. This is a guy that Democrats created the bumper sticker slogan, Bush lied, people died. This is the guy that that Democrats, if I said Republicans, I meant Democrats clearly, that that Democrats uh, uh, moved forward with articles of impeachment. Many people forget that and twice denied that he legitimately won the election. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, hey, he's not that bad. Okay. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Local for Less Ozarks, 10 a.m. this Friday. $50 gift certificate to Suntan City for only $25. That is, again, 10 o'clock, ksgf.com. Uh, while you're there, you can get registered for the private showing of one of my favorite movies, The Burbs. That's going to be Saturday, November 4th, Alamo Draft House. Uh, we have a theater to ourselves. If you win, you will join us at 1 o'clock on Saturday, November 4th for the screening of The Burbs. And you can also get registered for a pizza party from Godfather's while you're there. A lot to do at ksgf.com. Oh, the Lunch Bunch Retro Metro. Sign up for it all. First alert forecast, color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. A high today of 67, 46 tonight, warmer 73 tomorrow. Uh, Facebook Live, 1041 Nick Reed. Uh, plaid Tuesday, Mr. Pruitt. Yes, indeed. I've thought about wearing plaid every day but Wednesday. I haven't decided yet. What's I am switching up? This is I, the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> yeah, razzling dazzling in the flannel, the plaid flannel. Uh, I don't really. I only have two flannel, plaid flannel shirts. You're gonna have to wash them and repeat. Well, I don't or go know. to Bass Pro. Well, yeah, with a DAV or yeah, I'll get them from anywhere. There you go. That's right. <laughs> I have one you can borrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Somewhat, uh, one of you wanted me to ask when Congressman Burleson uh, is on around 8.15 where he stands on funding now two wars, possibly three if China attacks Taiwan. Uh, and and uh, we'll ask that question. It, it is just remarkable. And incidentally, Trump clearly weighing in on this. And, and last night in Iowa, uh, he listed all of the all of the the solid meaningful steps he took in and the results in dealing with terrorism specifically and countries like Iran and it is the essentially the opposite of the Biden administration and we're getting opposite results I, this is i 
those of you who listen to this program quite often probably and understandably think, well, here he goes again. But it just amazes me how detached people are from results. What works? The, quote, smarter people are, the greater the expert we're told they are, the less they're interested in what actually works. I I mean, when you stand back and you look at the irrelevancy of results to the people in charge, it's remarkable. Is there any other industry in which somebody in that industry can be deemed an expert and have results that are the opposite of what the stated desires results are and just continue to hold these positions. And that's what we see in our government. Not even, not simply, and this is the nature of government, not not simply isolated to foreign policy issues, but look at education in our country. <laughs> we continue at every turn, what's the answer? We just need more money, need more money. Oh, really? That's, that's what's worked? Hasn't. In fact, if you look at the dollar amount per student, there is a disproportionate um, outcome. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's inversely proportional. The areas of the country in which the most dollars are spent per pupil have the worst results. But by gosh, the and if you poll people, which party do you trust most with education? It's the it's the, the the party that pushes the failure the most. A part of the reason that they win that public perception battle is frankly because Republicans don't give a a real hardline stark alternative. They oftentimes talk about school choice. Missouri is a perfect example of complete failure for our children in education when it comes to the Republican Party because they don't really fight back with what would work. The war on poverty, how's that worked out for us? Look at these cities that brag. California is a tremendous example, or you get cities, uh, California, the state, but you know when you, when you break down the cities, L.A., San Francisco, or outside of California, the cities that brag about spending the most money in order to eliminate homelessness, they have the greatest homelessness in the country. And the, no one ever says, um, yeah, you're... Hey, you don't have to be an expert at this stuff. I don't have to be an expert on policy to realize you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. This is how they manipulate Americans, and it's by telling you they're experts and being deemed experts and throwing out statistics and quoting this and that, but it's meaningless if the results don't matter. I always use a roof as an example, roofing. I don't know anything about roofing. I don't, I don't know anything about roofing. But if I hire somebody to come and put a new roof on my house, and then the first time it rains, I have leaks, I know that something went wrong. 
I know, even though I don't know a thing about roofing whatsoever, I know that they did it wrong. I may not know what they did wrong. I may not know how they did it wrong, but I know that they did it wrong. You don't have to have some poli-sci degree or all of these accolades and these, these, these label of an expert here, an expert there to look around and recognize the people who have been making decisions when it comes to education in this country don't know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing, but their number one interest is not children's education. You don't have to have some sort of grand degree in economics. I mean, for Pete's sakes, Ocasio-Cortez has an economics degree. What does that tell you? But you don't have to have an economics degree to recognize what the current administration is doing isn't working. Britt Hume summed it up so well last week, I believe it was, in, in the midst of all this chaos. And noting, you know, like him or not, <laughs> under Trump, things certainly seem to work better. How foolish we are, how willfully suicidal we are. And you think of the, and there are tens of millions of Americans when it comes to, for example, choosing the direction of the country, they won't even consider Trump because emotionally they don't like him. They, 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 don't, they don't care ultimately about their child's future, economically speaking, quality of life, their, their safety. And it's all the talk about creatures, UFOs. Is there life form elsewhere, whether it is another dimension or uh, from far, far away, and they're observing us? Can you imagine the the if, if the confusion, unless they're much like us, uh, uh, watching us? If they are evaluating all of us based off of those that we pick as leaders and experts, what must they think of us? How dumb. That collectively, if, if you're observing as an outsider and you're here to watch these people and, and, and okay, well, they've all collectively said here are the people that we think are best equipped. They're much smarter than we are. That These are the ones that should make decisions for us. And look at who we choose. They've got to think we're the biggest group of morons. It really is embarrassing for humanity. But, you know. Elections have consequences, and I suppose they're a reflection. In, uh, uh, there's a national host. We carry him. And I don't know whether he still says this or not, but I, he used to quite often say, in the end, I have faith in the American people. 
and and uh, you know everyone has a right to their opinion. And I have for a very long time respectfully disagreed with that. <laughs> I mean, as a whole, yes, some definitely. But to ultimately say, well, in the end, I trust that the Americans are going to make the no, I don't. I'll give you a perfect example coming up here. L.A.'s latest homeless plan. There's going to be a vote in Los Angeles as to whether or not hotels who have vacancies be forced to allow homeless people to stay in them. And given the voting track record of people in Los Angeles, I think there's a very good chance that this will pass. LA's latest homeless plan could turn hotels into squatter dens, according to an expert. Now, you don't need to be an expert to recognize this. There's certain things you don't have to be an expert on. There's like the the, the debate, those who support girls having to compete against boys. Like, there's no study that shows that, you know, men have a physical advantage over women. Well, there's no study that says if you... You know, throw hot cooking oil in my face, it's going to hurt. Because there's some things you don't have to study. A proposal in Los Angeles intended to address the city's rampant homelessness issues could turn hotels into squatter's den, according to the CEO of American Hotel and Lodging Associates. Now, what what this is about is a, a vote that is coming up. It's going to be March of 2024. That would force hotels to inform the city when they have unoccupied rooms and give out vouchers to homeless people. Can you think of a dumber idea? All across the board, there's nothing about this idea that's good. Nothing. Number one, it isn't going to solve homelessness. It is going to make it worse. Anytime you make it more comfortable to be homeless, you draw more homeless people. And you, you create more homeless people. This is why the areas of the country that brag about how they care so much about solving homelessness that they spend record number of taxpayer dollars above anyone else, why those cities have the greatest number of homeless. They make the problem worse. Results don't matter. Now, here's the kicker. The folks that are pushing this, it's Unite Here, which is a hotel food service and casino labor union. They're the ones pushing this. We've already seen employees of hotels come under physical assault in cities that have put illegals in the hotels for the purpose of housing them. The people who, in terms of real quality of life and their safety, that would suffer the most are the workers. And it's their union, once again, under the theme of these unions do not care about the people who pay their dues. They do not care about the workers. The purpose of unions, largely, and this doesn't apply to every union, but, but many of these big influential unions, is to raise money for Democrat causes and Democrat, Democrat politicians. 
And so they portray themselves as being there for their workers. They get their money and then they funnel it to these causes. They funnel it to these left-wing organizations, these causes, and these politicians. That's their number one goal. The workers are just, they're, they're pawns that they can get money out of. I mean, you want to talk about, and of course we've seen it with the, the UAW and the support of people who are putting their workers out of jobs. Unite here, supposed to be representing their workers, and they are putting on the ballot a proposal that will make their workers' jobs dangerous. Random homeless people, not to mention, and there are surveys that have been done that show uh, 70 to 80 percent of travelers saying they will not come to Los Angeles as a tourist if they are going to be staying at a hotel knowing that they're, while they're there with their family, random drug addicted homeless people are going to be in the room next to them or across the hallway. And that makes sense. It is Los Angeles. And while my gut tells me, even in a Democrat stronghold like Los Angeles, the people cannot be this stupid, I've learned not to rely on that. That vote it will be in March of 2024. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick.